Growing your business is tough, but don't worry, we've got you covered. We interview industry experts on how they've solved their most challenging business problems in SaaS or e-commerce. No fluff, just step-by-step playbooks to help you dominate your market and crush the competition. This is the How We Solve podcast. Here's your host. Hey, it's GQ back with yet another episode on the How We Solve show. Today I have with me John Yuke, who is a Silicon Valley tech entrepreneur who moved to Ukraine six years ago to bootstrap his gamer recommendation app startup called GameTree, and that has now more than 450,000 users. He attended Babson, the top entrepreneurship college in America, and now he has since started Success Cards, architected two coding boot camps, mentored a hundred people around the world on how to code, and has done psychological optimization consulting for high-level teams. John, welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here, GQ. We were just catching up. I remember the first time I met John, I think this was at the Running Remote Conference, right? This was in Bali. I think that was the first time that we caught up. And it was so interesting because I was living in Ukraine as well until the recent incidents, but it was so interesting to find a fellow entrepreneur who had been there for a while. And yeah, I think we, in fact, if I recall, we both came into Kiev at around the same time in 2016, I think thereabouts. Yeah, and there's not a lot of us. So to like run into each other outside of Kiev was very unlikely. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I think like one thing that's interesting, and that's the topic that we're going to be diving into more today, it's about business. I think because we both have run very different types of businesses and, you know, it's just like how you think about your business, right? So what's the problem that we're going to be talking about today, John? Yeah, so this is just about how to think about your business. It's sort of a meta topic, but it's also just very practical and can be very brought down to earth especially using some tools that I'll share. But essentially it's that businesses are just ideas. Everything in the world is just a construction illusion in a way. And it pays to think about like the lens that you have, how you're pointing the lens, things like that. So instead of just getting caught up in the shrubs all the time, there's actually different kinds of like really very amazingly useful ways to think about the nature of your own mind, other people's minds, problems, like the questions you ask yourself that I'm very excited to share with the audience. Very cool. Yeah. When we talk about thinking about your business, I think that goes into many different ways, right? Like, you know, how to think about your business that can branch off into many different departments. Let's narrow it down, right? Like what's the first part that we'll discuss about business in this case? I actually made a product about this called Success Cards. I popped it up here. It's 101 prompts to plan, manage, and grow your business. But it's because I think this is so important and there are so many different ways. Basically, starting off is just like, Even before you talk about the business, it starts with like, am I even wanting to do this? Because regardless of the business, like even question your own commitment, like what are your long-term goals for the world? What's the impact you want to have? Like, does this help you reach those goals? Is this an efficient route? So before, or even continuing a business, like those are actually preemptive questions to even know if you're on the right track. And if the answer to those is no, then like everything else is pointless. I think that sense of purpose, right? Like when you build something, it's always funny. Like I think when you first start off your business, it's always a mixture of like, hey, you know, just want to make money or like there's that deeper sense of purpose. And I think that as you scale your business along the way, you realize for those that have not maybe set a clear vision or mission from the beginning, you start to realize that that I want to say altruistic, but that goal matters a lot in how you grow your business, how you manage it and where you take it to in the coming years. Yeah, and just being able to commit to something. Like it's easier to commit, to pour your heart into it, to put in your time, money, and risk when you know it's what you want to be doing. And then also when I'm hiring people, the number one thing I like to see, I mean, I really like personality psychology and personality psychology fit. The number one thing actually is just common mission because 
it's just more fulfilling. It's like nurturing people are doing the same thing for the same reasons. So that's something that also aligns the same commitment status. And I know you are a, what's the right way to put it? Personality psychology. You're the expert on that. Cause I know we've been chatting about that like a couple of times and you're like pretty much the expert on that. So how would you view that? Like for a business, okay, maybe they don't have such a process in place right now. They haven't really been thinking about this, but as you mentioned, I, and I strongly agree with that. And that is, you need to understand who you're bringing to the business. You need to understand what types of personality types you bring in because depending on the role. So like, tell us a little bit more about that. You know, like how should a business person think about that? Yes. So one way to think of it is that we people are highly communicative. We can convey vast amounts of abstract information. We can organize in big groups outnumbering each other, flex those groups depending on situations, which is something that no other organism in our universe can do. More than like our thumbs or our brains even, like this is what's becoming more considered the distinguishing characteristic. Something that's kind of arisen alongside this as we've evolved is that we actually have a variety of personality archetypes on a genetic level and our minds and our bodies are actually connected to support one another. If you watch like anime or cartoons, you'll often see like a character with a body shape like this or like a triangle or like a stick. Like you can kind of tell about a person's personality even just by looking at them a lot of the time. And our mind's connected to that because like, let's say you're like a big football, like American football player body or like a weightlifter caveman body. Like those people are usually very hands-on, kinesthetic, direct, straightforward people. And it's not just a coincidence, it's just evolution. So when it comes to business, different kinds of people naturally gravitate to different kinds of roles within an organization, both based on what they're naturally good at and what they enjoy doing, kind of like ants or bees or termites. So we actually have a similar code in ourselves. We're not all just completely byproduct of nurture. And so by being able to analyze somebody's psychology that you're working with, you can learn how to get more out of them. Or if you're hiring people, you can also understand like, is this somebody who's like naturally predisposed for this sort of role and are they going to be good and enjoy it? Okay. And would it help that in a way people should have some kind of like a guideline or like, I wouldn't say template, but like a guideline of what kinds of types they should be considering? Because like, for example, like if you think of like a, let's take for example, a UI UX designer, right? Like with a certain personality type, fit that role better and also taking into consideration that, you know, all of us are now generally remote. So that also creates another level of thinking where previously when someone works face to face in an office, most people can adapt to that and some people don't like that stuff. But you know, we know that we've shifted to completely being virtual, whether people can manage that. And so I think like, what do you think? Like, is there like a specific archetype? Yeah, absolutely. So the Myers-Briggs type indicator is a version of the psychology that I studied. It's built on the same core stuff that Carl Jung discovered, and it's the most popular personality framework used in business around the world. You can look up 16 personalities tests and understand yourself and your own lenses, your own biases. And it's very important to actually consider these things. It's not just like an ego trip being like, oh, I feel understood, but it's actually like, oh, like everything good about me is also a weakness. So like, if I'm ever thinking this way, like I'm probably doing this too much, or I'm probably not seeing the other half of the picture. So whenever you see yourself like on the fence, you should bias on the side that you naturally wouldn't go towards. The fact that you're even thinking about it means you're probably already too late. That's just a natural personality trait that we have. So it's really good because it creates very strong workers and specialists, and that's good for economics, division of labor. But at the same time, especially as a business owner or manager, when your job is to manage everybody and see the whole picture, you especially want to account for yourself. And you can do that through having a good team that balances you or a spouse or personal development, being aware of your psychology and such. So you can look at these tests, understand your team. And then for the roles, there isn't necessarily like a definitive what's best because the world is so big, complicated and changing, but there are a lot of 
recommended careers, or you can type in a job or best personality type score in the job and find the recommended kinds of people for that. And also you could even just look at existing people and maybe move somebody around from one role into another. For example, a designer, it depends also on the type of the designer and you can apply a lot of your own understanding of your specific needs and free thinking. But a designer could be somebody who's very good at UI and really good at art and making things pretty. There could be somebody else who's more of like a scientist thinker who's like really not good at making things pretty, but they know how to make things very functional. And oftentimes the answer is you want both, but if you need somebody to do both, you might want somebody more in the middle. So think about your needs and then think about what kind of a person would fit these needs. Not just like, I need somebody to do this, but what kind of person would do this? I've actually been working on the world's first ever scientific personality test using scientific method. So if the audience, you guys want to check that out, it'll be hosted on 512types.com if you want to bookmark it and look back around the end of April. So there'll be a free test there. The results are a bit harder to interpret, but in the psychology, there's actually a lot of binary coins. Like, are they more this or this, this or this? It's not like there's 16 distinct types, like in astrology, where everyone's just a unique wallflower. It's more just an algorithm of like, what are your preferences and all these different ways, your biases. Otherwise it's just, I think self-reporting, it's asking you like, what are your biggest strengths or your biggest weaknesses? And then you tell it, and then it's like, these are your biggest strengths and these are your biggest weaknesses. And it just kind of tells you what you told it without doing a lot of value add. And this psychology, it's based on objective personality system. And it's the only scientific version of psychology that's been discovered. Right now it's based on multiple highly trained experts cross-examining somebody and then independently coming to the same conclusions. So there's no self-reporting by basically taking all the people that have been analyzed and then creating a test, actually having like a reference to reality and finding correlations between all these different questions and their psychologies. So that should be useful for knowing yourself for knowing others. And then over time, we'll be adding more information and a variety of spheres to make it more available to people to be able to use in some sort of useful way. It's called 512 types because so far they've discovered 512 personality types that are scientifically showing up that again, aren't just one person's opinion or self-reporting based, but what's actually trackable in reality. Walk us briefly through how the assessment works. Like, do you have to sit through like a 20 minute questionnaire? So traditionally you do like an interview or you can be like psychoanalyzed by multiple experts. This one is more like a traditional test. Our current prototype is in a type form. And then we have a backend data processing and algorithm going on, comparing everything and then making it public. So the way that we've been developing the test is just through iterations. I feel bad for all of our volunteer testers because we have like 70 or 80 questions right now. But in this final version that we're about to put out, we're shrinking it down to like just like the best 40 questions that survive that have like the, the most and strongest correlations that are consistently tracking real people's psychologies because nobody answers everything exactly the right way. Like that's the problem with self-reporting in 16 personalities, like people change types or they mistype like half or more of the time. Do you think there is value in having people test like once a year, once every two years? Cause like you said, I think one thing that comes up is that people do change over time, maybe life experiences, the way they manage and the things that they learn. So the personality type in the way, like you said, there are 512, which is amazing, that it evolves over time. Do you think there's value in that? Like, you know, a HR department could consider that. Yeah, that's a good question. For like Myers-Briggs and 16 personalities, possibly, because people do change types in that. But in this one, it's actually genetic. And okay. people do change a lot, but it, usually people are changing according to like a map of their psychological development based on different strengths and weaknesses and how they use their psychology and like muscle groups and different kinds of like modalities of ways of thinking, like different tinges. But the thing is when we're younger, we usually like over relying on just some tools, but ideally as we get older and we mature, we're really using more of our toolkit. Like if you're like a child, you have a hammer and you try to solve everything with the hammer, but as you're older, you're like, 
oh, like I tried that and I was able to solve like 15% of the problems, like the best way, how you consider the best way gets like, if you're maturing becomes narrower and narrower. So really usually the most like elite, well-rounded, awesome people are people who are just using more of their psychology and not just over relying on their strengths to solve every problem, but they're just doing the right thing at the right time. So from that point of view, their personalities are actually harder to see because they're not just like a cartoon cutout cardboard character, like some people. And that's actually sometimes a good thing if you're like really niched in your life and like your role and what you're doing, you don't need balance. It's usually good to balance, but for most people, like if you look at a lot of like famous people, celebrities, things like that, that are high performers, a large majority of them are successful because they've actually have a more multiplicity of ways of thinking that they can tap into. So summing up in 16 personalities, you could change more because those aren't really that accurate, but in the 512 types model, it's actually the same, but there'll be more information about like trying to identify where you're at in your psychological journey and your development. And as you get older, you'll be unlocking more and more sides of your psychology. So you know that again, that kind of like side of the fence to fall on or what to be developing in yourself or what to look forward to in like a conscientious way. So you can take charge of your development instead of just getting your ass kicked by the world and having like depths of sorrow and constant pain and tidal waves that sort of force you to do this. You actually have a lot easier time taking control of it. Very cool. So people will not be expecting too much of a shift. So basically like, even if they were to do it every year, for example, that's not gonna really change too much. Yeah. The 16 personalities wouldn't. Yeah. The 512 types actually might even get less accurate. The more mature <laughs> you get, because you might be doing the things that like people like you are less likely to answer. Uh -huh. And we can only go based on like correlations of all these different coins that we're testing. So like, yeah, if you become more well-rounded, it's actually harder to tell your type. So you can kind of hide yourself and <laughs> lie to yourself. <laughs> yeah. And some people like extroverts are often worse at distinguishing their own psychologies because they they're looking inside less. So they'll be less accurate when taking the tests, especially 16 personalities. Fortunately with the 512 types test that's accounted for in the correlations, but you, that's where you get the spread mostly is across maturity levels. Okay. This topic can probably go on for much deeper, but I, I want to jump right back to you were talking about quizzing and asking yourselves questions and also kind of looking in towards and also figuring out how you can run your business, right? So you came up with the idea of success cards. So what's another way of thinking about your business that's related to success cards? So the psychology is just one model and it's nice to know the lens you're looking at the world through and how to correct, but also half of intelligence, I believe is just asking the right questions. And if you have a really good professor, usually they're just kind of like putting out good questions and you kind of like learn for yourself. And when you learn your own information, you remember it way better and you remember it in a way that's particular to you. It's more empowering. It's more enjoyable. You better usually get better results if you kind of prove your own thinking. And so I've realized that in the modern world, we are so distracted by everybody trying to grab our attention as much as possible, monetize how long we stay around, how many hours per day we spend here and there. Books are like super long and we get so much dopamine now that like personally, like I buy probably three times more pages of words that I'll actually read just over the last 10 years. So I was like, okay, there's so much good knowledge in these books. I want the wisdom, but also when I'm reading, I'm usually just in a passive mode absorbing information. I'm not like critically thinking about it and applying it. So that's where I made these cards. It's essentially 101 different lenses or points of view to look at your business through, whether it's a startup or a potential business or an existing business, or even a role within a business. 
So there's different categories and sections, but they're arranged just initially in the order of building the venture. So there's that kind of commitment at the beginning. Here's like a card, for example, which is like, how do you define success? And is this something that furthers that? And then it goes through like different stages of market research and surveys and interviewing people, ending up all the way at the end where there's pivoting, where it's like, oh, this actually isn't working. How can you spin it into something else with everything in between about like, and a lot of philosophical concepts as well, like stillness, like how do you create time to think? How do you create time to use the cards? Do you have time to like meditate, plan ahead? Another one's risk. Like a lot of people don't proactively think about risk. Some types do. For example, you might be more likely to do that than some people. But in general, like most people aren't going to think about risk unless it's like already too late <laughs> or, or they just bump into something that reminds them. But there's so many questions. So each of these 101 different lenses has questions like, what are all the risks in your company? How likely are they? How bad could they be? How easy would they be to solve? And to actually like be able to go through and like, it only takes a few minutes, but to just like think about this stuff, like every card gives so much value. So in less than the time it takes to read a traditional book with all the fluff, you have all these like fun, sort of like pretty little like cards that you can just kind of muse through, like waiting for a call or like on a toilet or a brainstorming group. There's not really like a set way to use them, but it's just more about giving people space and prompts to kind of think about important questions. And last thing I'll say about this is that Going back to like teachers having us ask questions, it's also a technique of like therapists, of life coaches, of consultants, because you know your business and you know yourself like better than anybody. And it would take you like hours or years to like really give all the information. So they're kind of get you to like lead yourself to the answer because they really aren't qualified to tell you most of the time, like what it is you should know. So by having these, they kind of act like your own personal coach for yourself. So you're kind of giving yourself the answers that you need to know. No, the thing is, like, I think businesses at some level do, I'm not sure at what level of introspection, maybe not at a personal level, but there's all these quarterly business reviews. People do that. You have people are setting OKRs, for example, like going through what you're going to be doing, what they've done, goal setting, et cetera, et cetera. And so in a way, it's kind of looking back and also in a way asking those questions. And so like, you know, like, for example, with the concept of success cards, and I, I like what you said, where you're talking about creating space to think, right? Because you as an entrepreneur, you need time to think on what, what's the next best step. You get caught up in the activity. I need to like call these stores. I need to figure out this. Exactly. You're like, oh, well, how can I like systematize everything? And here's some questions and guidance about systemization. I'll have like a quote from a famous expert compressed wisdom from the industry just for inspiration and then some questions to ask. So it kind of short circuits the need to read books, to research stuff, to like do MBAs. And how often do you think someone will be using this? Like every day, like, you know, let's say if you want to set a structure to it, like what's the best way to be alongside the success cards, of course, like to be asking yourself all these questions so you can challenge yourself to figure things out. So the way people are mostly using them is on specific topics. For example, there's like a table of contents here. And you can kind of look up a specific topic. Like if you're about to do business to business sales and you're like writing emails or prospecting clients, it's good to read that. Or if you're about to go into a negotiation, like there's a card of negotiation and it just like gives you some like really good tips. If you're B2B, it's like find out who in the company has the pain point that's the strongest that you solve and they're going to be your evangelist and you want somebody on the inside to work for you. And that's not an obvious thought to everybody, like to business development professionals, that's like more common wisdom, but before even writing that specific card, that's something that I learned, even though I've been doing business for years and went to a top entrepreneurship school. That's cool. In a way, it's also up to the person who's actually using the cards to kind of figure out like, you know, what's the best. Uh... Oh, and yeah, so on top of that, so yes, people usually are using it for specific guidance on topics. A lot of people are buying them as gifts. 
because different people usually won't want to read a book, but it's something that's around that reminds them of like the person that gave it to them. So people have been buying them for clients and stuff as gifts as well. But also there's like the entrepreneurial journey because they are arranged from beginning to end. It can help you think through ventures. So when I'm starting new projects, for example, right now, just met a co-founder who I'm probably going to go in on and on a new venture with. And I basically gave him a deck and I'm like, hey, read through this and you can kind of think through the ideas. And that way I'm not biasing you with all my pre-existing ideas. And also it's just good in general. And he's, he's a smart person and he's worked in business, but he's never started a company before. So these cards are, I think, accelerating his mind's ability to think through really deeply everything about a business that more experienced business people might do more naturally, especially. So also kind of as a new business playbook is another use case. Lastly is a lot of people are buying as like tarot cards, especially you let use tarot cards because it kind of like you can pull one on random and somehow it always feels like it relates to the thing that like it matters at the moment. Just to sum up like our conversation from today, right? We talked about how you can think about your business and this is just the tip of the iceberg. I think really at the core of it, two aspects of that. And one of that is figuring out the types of personalities that you're bringing into your business, right? You know, one of it being that Yes, every personality has a bias towards things, but it's also good to identify that, understand that, and then finding people that might be the complete opposite to kind of balance that out, obviously appropriately, right? And figuring out where the best personalities and the best people will fit into different roles. Even if it's the same role, there can be two different types of people. And I think this is an area that can be worth digging into deeper. I mean, there are golden hills and there'll be more as time goes on, but there are different kinds of opposites. Like you could have somebody that's like similar to you, but different, and you can have somebody that's like different and different. Yeah. So even finding out nuance, like, is this somebody who compliments the weaknesses within your conscious mind? Or are they somebody who just like thinks on binarily different levels? That's completely different. And so sometimes even those are worth even experimenting with or considering. And also this information is not only useful in business, but it's also useful in like relationships with friends and partners and things like that, just across like any interactions. It's almost like you can predict the kinds of conflicts people will even have. For example, I've lived with people in the past and just knowing the psychology I can see the problems roommates are going to have just knowing their psychology. Like it's like clockwork where like they start pissing each other off in a certain way. And I'm like, okay, I can see what's happening here. Like very clearly, <laughs> like, it's like looking at like a picture or math or something. And I'm like, you're really controlling. You're really chaotic. Here's what needs to happen is like a traditional, like an algorithm that just works to kind of solve this. So they can like coexist together. That's so useful in the business setting. Cause then that helps you identify like uh, what's the best way to build your team or kind of have your team coexist, well, say coexist team work together. I've been hired in this way to like analyze, for example, like an elite secret blockchain team by big banking industry. And these guys are like very hard to poach, getting paid huge amounts of money and they want more optimization out of the workers than to hire more people because they're so expensive and hard to find. And the more people you add, it like exponentially increases communication in general, like decreases efficiency by quite a lot. So going in, like helping people learn about themselves, reengineering the way that teams are structured, knowing who to add to teams, how to structure meetings based on the kinds of minds of the people on the teams. There's just so much possible application of this kind of psychology and just thinking about businesses. And that's just on a people front. And then the other half is kind of more like systems. Yep. Because good people will design good systems, but good systems will ensure good people. So it's kind of not a chicken and egg problem, but at first, like you want to make sure you have like one or both of those because good teams will perform or good systems will perform. So to me, that's at the very root. And that's why I think it's so important to think about how do you think about business? Because if you plant a really good seed, you're going to get an amazing plant. But if you think about business badly, you're going to like have so much trouble, like getting way less out of all the work that you do. And we talked about the first part of the personalities piece, but it's also 
you know, I think to get you on the right course, it's also asking questions. Sometimes the right questions are not. And that's where, you know, like, like, again, it's cool that you came up with the success card stack as well, that, you know, that entrepreneurs and business people in general can just be asking questions to themselves or they do, are they on the right track? What have they not thought of? Right? And I think that kind of helps you think about business better, right? Because you're starting to ask questions that you never would have thought of, maybe reminders that you might have forgotten about, right? To get you on the right path. And it takes so little time. Like, it's amazing how little time with just like, two minutes or like 20 minutes, like how much value people get out of these things and the things they tell me that they thought of compared to like reading a book for 20 minutes and like you might not get anything almost, but by going through like five or 10 cards, like you're guaranteed to have like really big aha moments that are actionable. And that's what I like about these. That's why I felt like a strong compulsion to bring them into the world. It wasn't until COVID that I finally had the time because it's so much work trying to compress entire industries of knowledge into like this. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really about learning just enough, but really challenging people to actually do things and actually grow their businesses. Now, if uh, a listener today has some more questions and, and they wanted to find out more about success cards and 512 types, what's a good way to get in touch with you to learn more? Yeah, you can just write me johnuk at gmail.com, just the first and last name. You can Google success cards, though it's a very new product, so they're not super optimized yet, but you could look that up on Amazon or Etsy. And then there's also the 512 Types website that will be up this month. And lastly, as I also started Game Tree, that's live. It's like the top ranked gamer friend finding app of anybody's gamers, where why you can take psychology tests, personal values tests, a gamer DNA model that we discovered. That's like, what's your definition of fun? And then looking at the number of portion of games, it just goes like quite a lot deeper than anything else on matching people. And now the newest venture, if choosing to go forward with it, will be basically doing a more general friend finding and dating app using just a lot more advanced curation, looking at somebody's values and tastes and their psychologies to really find people on a level beyond anything that exists. And that could apply to finding co-founders, employees, and everything else one day. And just to include that, because you talked about the piece where if people wanted to find out more about success cards or game tree, for example, or 512 types, that's going to be in the show notes anyway. And so, like you said, it might be a little bit hard to find on Google or whatever for now, but that's a good place that people can go and make your purchases if you're interested in checking that out. But yeah, John, you know, I'd love to have you back to talk more about this. Maybe we can deep dive further into the personality types. Yeah, this is really fun. And it's always fun talking to you. And you and I complement each other really well is something we've noticed because we have like similar but different ways of thinking that I think approach problems from different but similar angles at the same time. Yeah, for sure. It's always enjoyable to catch up with you, John. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Let's definitely have you back in future episodes, all right? All right, bye guys, bye GQ. All right, thanks a lot, John, you take care. All right, and thank you guys so much for checking out the show. We work really hard to produce this show to support you and your businesses. And so we have a small favor to ask of you. If you could go and review the show on Apple Podcasts, it'd be really great to hear your feedback so you can let us know what you think about it and we can discuss different topics in the future episodes as you share them. So we hope we found your five stars, but in any case, we'd just love to get your opinions. And remember, How We Solve is more than just a show. We offer a full suite of services that can accelerate growth and maximize revenue for your business. So check us out on howwesolve.com. Peace. 
Is your e-commerce growing so fast that you can't keep up with supporting your customers in real time? Serve them better in any time zone and language. They will thank you with higher conversion rates and repeat purchases. We build and manage your own dedicated customer experience team of live chat and support agents. Get started today. Visit ltvplus.com. That's ltvplus.com. Thanks for listening to the How We Solve podcast. Dominate your market and crush the competition with our step-by-step playbooks. Subscribe right now in your favorite podcast player or visit howwesolve.com.